Welcome to the Scuffed Podcast. I'm Adam Bells in Georgia. With me is Greg Velasquez in Iowa. We talk about U.S. men's soccer. Thanks for downloading this episode of Scuffed. Good to be back together after all that Nations League glory and some time to think it over. Today we're going to focus on the Gold Cup roster. What we'd like to see, what we're likely to see. Larger considerations beyond the list of call-ups for this tournament will come up because the World Cup qualifiers are fast approaching. We're also going to talk about the women's roster for the 2020 Olympics taking place in, as you know, 2021 in Tokyo. Greg, how you doing? Bells, how do you think I'm doing? We've got uh, a 60-man provisional roster, which is just nerd heaven for us, seeing as how we already have 23 players not on that list, or about 20. So we're essentially looking at like the 80-deep roster of yep. the U.S. men's national team. Uh, we've got the women's roster uh, for the final Olympic squad. We've got uh, rumors surrounding a lot of other CONCACAF rosters for Gold Cup, which are intriguing to say the least. Um, so it is a good week for spreadsheet nerds. Yeah, the news is that Mexico and Canada may be bringing A squads or something resembling A squads when we are definitely not. Right. So Mexico, the again, this isn't official. The official ones will be released uh, very late June or first day of July-ish. Uh, but the, the rumored Mexico squad is effectively a full-strength squad minus a couple of overage guys who might go to Tokyo for the Olympics. Um, Alfonso Davies rumored to be in the Canada final squad, which effectively makes it an A squad. Right. Uh, his inclusion. Um, the Jamaica provisional list has a ton of, I mean, has all of their, uh, big hitters plus like their dual national targets that haven't been capped necessarily yet, but that are rumored to our switch and, and be joining up for Jamaica. Uh, so that adds a whole new element to what they could bring to a tournament and to qualifying. Yeah. And we're in a group with Canada, so that's um we may we may face Alfonso Davies and the rest of that A team whatever that consists of. Right. So so even even just to go on a tiny little uh gold cup tangent there for uh the knockouts or for for the the path we could see if if we're playing Canada for the for the first and second place in the group, which again, don't want to even assume that that will necessarily be the case, but if we are uh and we lose and finish second in the group, the the side of the bracket that would likely put us in would be a quarterfinal game against either Costa Rica or Jamaica. It'd be the winner of that group. Uh, and then the semifinal would be the winner of Mexico's group, most likely. So that could potentially be a, like, Jamaica or Costa Rica in the quarter, Mexico in the semi, and then whoever in the final, if we don't win our group. Yeah. Um, uh, CONCACAF murderers row as it goes. I mean, but here's the question I have is like, I've been sort of training myself to think of this gold cup, not as a tournament that we were, you know, even expecting to win because we sent all our best players to nations league. Berhalter said very early on, he weren't, he wasn't going to send the same players he sent to nations league to the gold cup. So like, you know, I, am I wrong to not really care if we do that well in the gold cup? Uh, it, it, it essentially turns into a slightly, uh, better version of the Olympic qualifying group. Right. So in that one, we, we, the consequence of missing out on the Olympics was that we didn't get to see our team play in the Olympics, which would have been a lot of fun. Uh, so, but yes, yeah, so the overall consequence as far as how it affects our first team going into world cup qualifying, which is sort of the big high stakes, uh, matches, I think you're right. Uh, 
I will say that I think it's actually great that these other that our opponents could be bringing their strongest squads or roughly their strongest squads because if the whole point is to audition guys uh, to see how they could hold up in qualifying, I'd much rather see them playing against the toughest teams. If they get humbled, they get humbled, and, and that would be really good information to have rather than kind of what we saw in a lot of the friendlies leading up to Nations League where we're you know, just destroying El Salvador's backups, destroying Trinidad's backups. Like, let's actually see how we look against their best players. If we're going to really test these guys out, let's have it be a meaningful test. Yeah, for sure. But that's how, but that's how I'm thinking about it is as a test for these players, for these 15 to the players ranked number 15 to 40 in the scuff top 40. You know, <laughs> may it rest in yeah, peace. And, and if they if they'd gotten like destroyed against the backup teams, that would have also told us a lot. But it it kind of just felt like that wouldn't happen. Like if if Canada were sending their reserves, and uh, it, it just felt like we would probably navigate our way through. And just like in 2019, it'd be like we would you can stumble your way to the final in a lot of, in a lot of time a lot of Gold Cup editions. Uh, this just makes it feel like we can't do that. Like it, this this makes it feel like the our opponents will punish us if we don't execute. Uh, if we aren't good enough, we'll we'll see it and it'll come out in the outcomes rather than just in kind of like unconvincing victories. Like mm-hmm. Alfonso Davies will beat you and Canada's already shown that they will beat even our best players if the execution isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Even more reason to be excited about the Gold Cup. <laughs> and, and so, the, the again, the provisional roster is 60 names. Uh, we're not going to just list all 60 right now, but we will go through the whole thing because we're huge nerds. And at this point, if you're listening to us, you're not here for brevity. Uh, no. I think what we're going to do is go through position groups. So we'll, we'll tackle each group as a position group and say who we kind of would like to see. Maybe if there are any players we don't really want to see, which hopefully doesn't get as mean-spirited as it might sound at first glance. Um, and then who you expect Burhalter to bring. Yep. And I should say, we, go ahead. I, I was going to say, and we, we talk about snubs, but it's a 60-man roster. And literally the only snubs are Luca De La Torre, who, as we all expected, uh, is out for club purposes, along with, I assume, Dwayne Holmes and Kenny Seth for the same reasons. <laughs> and then, and then uh, like, uh, I, when the roster came out, I think my, my literal reaction was like, so the only non-club snub here is Keaton Parks, right? Out of the 60, out of 60 names. Yeah. I, and, and that's it, really stretching. <laughs> yeah. We're to the point where I think it's hard to talk about snubs period, just because the, the high end quality is so, is so high, at least on paper. And everybody else is kind of in a close proximity to one another. Right. You just have this morass of players. Yeah. I was going to use the word morass later in the podcast. Now, you, now you've ruined it for <laughs> no. me. Was that in your notes? Did I see your notes? And I un- subconsciously no, okay. stole it. Okay, we can use it twice. We can double double up on morass. I, I had Murderer's Row ready to go for oh, the for the women's it. segment. Boy, we're already... stepping all over each other. <laughs> as, as we're going through this, we're going to pull a few questions from the Discord, and that's this is a good opportunity for me to mention. The patron only Discord is alive and well. You can join it by joining the Patreon. I'll put a link in the show notes. We're having good discussion discussions in several channels there. And it's like people are disagreeing with me, at least. And nobody ever disagrees with you, but I get disagreed with all the time. So it's like, uh, you know, it's it's a marketplace of ideas. I'm taking a little I'm taking a little guff for hyping up Shay so much and his somewhat disappointing performance last night. 
for oh, Dallas. I thought, you said, I thought you said Shea. I thought you were talking about Breck Shea for, for just a second there. Che, Che, Che. Gotcha. Hard, it's going to be che. really important to hit that. Yeah, to hit that. And, um, and then there's also a nice discussion of the Red Bull development pathway in the Baby, Nat, Baby Nats channel. So check that out if you are so inclined. Um, one question from the Discord comes from Jordan, Nat fan number nine. Uh, he said maybe discuss the relative roster strengths of the U.S. versus potential opponents, and uh, I think we kind of already dis- discussed that. So you're welcome, Jordan. <laughs> the the other thing I'm seeing is people saying that the, you know Mexico's running their guys into the ground, and it's it's possible that they're gonna you know put them in a. I, th- I think if anything, that will have more effect on their on their players' club seasons yeah. than than their potential for qualifying. Like I'm sorry, I just don't think Mexico are going to. 2014 and be in any danger of not qualifying yeah they got enough they got enough horses um yeah that's a question from pc do you think there's a real risk of burnout or will mexico canada benefit from bringing their a teams i i i tend to think they will probably benefit to some extent um and the burnout risk like you said is is not so high that it's going to ruin their qualification campaign. I don't, I don't think it would do that for Canada either. You know, unless Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David both come up with like season ending injuries in the gold cup, that would be bad. Um, okay. Let's get into the roster. The, the men's right, we're starting with, roster. Starting with goalkeeper. We're going from, from back to front as is the preferred method. Uh, Matt Turner, Sean Johnson, Tim Melia, who I was very excited to see his name there, mm-hmm. uh, Brad Guzan and Bill Hamid. Yeah, and we're just going to say who we'd like to see here and and who we wouldn't like to see. I guess I just want to see Matt Turner. I don't really care about the rest of it. That's my that's my position. I want to see Turner start. I'd be upset if anyone else is is like the number one starter. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if one of the backups gets a game in the group stage. Though again, we might not have the luxury we had last time where we had actually qualified advancement and we were just playing to decide the winner of the group uh, in 2019 in the final group stage game against Panama. But again, even in that game, whether you finish first or second, they, the CONCACAF had been rigging the tournament effectively to keep the U S and Mexico on separate sides of the bracket. So you, you'd never play Mexico unless you were in the final. They, they didn't do that this year. So now winning the group and coming in second in the group could be a, the difference between Mexico in the semi or Mexico in the final. Okay, so if we, like you said earlier, if we get second in the group and we beat whoever we face in the quarterfinal, then we play Mexico, assuming they make it in the semifinal. If we get first in the group, don't see Mexico until the final. Right. First in our group and first in Mexico's group are on different sides of the bracket. First in our group and second in Mexico's group and vice versa are on the same side of the bracket for the semis. So all that to say, it's it's, it's almost assured that all three group stage games will matter. It seems really unlikely that we would have already won the group with a game to spare. So we might not see the backup goalkeeper. It might be uh, number one goalkeeper the whole way because we can't afford to take any risks uh, in any game. Okay. So Matt Turner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's I'd, been I'd like to see, he's go been ahead, incredible. He's been incredible. I mean, he had that highlight reel game the, over the weekend in a three, two win, had some incredible saves. Um, yeah. It'll be really fun to see him. In a wide open goalkeeper uh, battle for the for the men's national team, number one. 
and, and this is another case where playing stronger opponents is, is going to be a much better test. I was, I was like, okay, well, we'll play three week group stage games and you know, he might not see a shot on goal, but I feel like that that's not going to be the case this time around. Uh, I would like to see Tim Melia make it. And I feel like it wouldn't just be like a nice gesture. Uh, he's a really good goalkeeper and I want to see him on the squad. Okay. Okay. Um, who are we? I know we have Canada and Martinique in our group. Who are we? Who are the two teams vying for that fourth spot in our group? Do you remember? So it's four. It's four teams. Uh, okay. And it's Haiti. It's like Saint Vincent. I had it. I, I listed them at some point. I think it's Bermuda. Uh, and then I don't remember who the fourth possibility is. But they're playing in like a little semifinal. Uh, the week before the Gold Cup opens to to secure that last spot. And there are I think three of those little semifinals going on three little four team tournaments to Haiti, decide the last three opponents. Haiti's a, can be a respectable opponent. So absolutely. Um, all right, let's move on to left back. Cause I think, I think the goalkeeper situation, I think we b- both, we agree, give Turner all the, all the minutes he can bear and let's see how that goes. Left back. Who we got? So left left back provisional roster inclusions are uh, Sam Vines, George Bello, Kevin Paredes, uh, is Jonathan Gomez. Yes, Jonathan, and uh, Chase Gasper. Um, and we're including Paredes, I think, in the left back con- situation, yes. based in part on on uh, jo- Greg Berhalter, George Berhalter, Greg Berhalter's uh, <laughs> George comments Berhalter. in, his, in, in uh, his interview with Bobby Warshaw. Yeah, he name checked Paredes. At some length, when uh, Warshaw asked him if there's anybody new who we can expect to see in the Gold Cup, now he did he didn't go so far as to say he's definitely going to be in the roster, but talked about him a little bit. Said he he can play fullback, even though he acknowledges that Paredes has mostly played left wing back, as I think has exclusively played wing back for DC United. So, um, yeah, that that uh that caught my ear because I kind of had Paredes Gomez and Bello in the same category. Like none of them is entirely convincing for various reasons. Gomez plays in USL. Uh, Bello, you know, plays for a not very good Atlanta United team. and doesn't always look that great. Um, Paredes, you know, DC United's not that great, but you know, the fact that Berhalter specifically mentioned him unprompted or at least unprompted to mention him. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. And, Again, Berhalter's really, uh, really intentional and I think very specific in the way he speaks. And uh, in this one, I think he sort of steered Bobby's question towards brand new names on the 60-man roster. So less about like the final Gold Cup roster and more just like trying to come up with somebody who we just never seen on a roster before. Okay. So that wouldn't include Bello. You know, I mean, Bello wouldn't. Bello's been Bello's been capped under Berhalter. Uh, so I, I'm not I'm not reading quite as much into it. Uh, it'd be cool to see. I mean. Almost any of these guys would be pretty pretty fun to see. It'd be interesting. But we yeah. assume Sam Vines is on there, right? Yeah, I think, and I, I'm glad you said that, because I think Vines, even though I'm excited about Gomez, Paredes, and Bello, not as excited about Gasper, to be honest, but I'm excited about those three young guys. Even though I'm excited about them, I think the drop-off from Vines to them is pretty significant still, just in terms of like reliable defending what are you smiling about? What are you? <laughs> I'm picturing Chase Gasper in the next post-match press conference talking about you as a hometown guy who never had your back. I'm not a hometown guy. I'm not from Minnesota. <laughs> I was a I was a expatriate 
in Minnesota for an extended period of time. Um, if people weren't following all the women's national team goings on, that was a, that was a reference to Carly Lloyd saying that. I think about uh, Jonathan Tannenwald. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> beef. There's so much beef in soccer, in U.S. soccer these days. I feel like the beefing has come, like, has pulled back a little bit on the men's side in the last 12 months or so. I mean, Josie's been beefing. Jason Christ is beefing. That was a, we got significant beef in the last six months. Yeah, I, I guess I would quibble with the word significant. <laughs> um, so, so I want to see Vines and, and then one of those three young guys I'd like to see in the final roster. But I don't have a strong preference on which. But we want to see we want to see Vines against Albert Elise, right? We want to see him against uh, Lozano. Like this would be these would be the tests, the matchups we want to see because if we're going to use him in qualifying, uh, that's what he's going to have to do. Yeah, and I think I think there's a um, there's Leon sort of Bailey. A, like let's see this. Right, totally. There's a big picture thing here where it seems to me what one thing we learned from the Nations League window is that Serginio Dest is not only better on the right. Well, he might be just as good in the attack on the left. I don't I don't want to get into that. But he is – I don't want to see him on the left next to John Brooks because that is too much that – too, that's too weak of a defending left half of your defense. And I, I just it just scares me, especially when we play good opponents, to have Dest next to Brooks. Not because Dest – I mean, not because Dest absolutely can't do it. Just hasn't really done it yet. So – Let's play Dest on the right, and let's identify a left back who can defend and is just re- reliable in possession, and maybe occasionally gets forward. So I think Robinson is in pole position. Anthony Robinson is in pole position, even though he is uh, a bit chaotic. I'll say it again, <laughs> especially in possession. But especially he, on the slopes of Austria. Yeah, oh man, was he ever Switzerland? <laughs> yeah. Super chaotic in that case. And when he was tackling Gio Reyna from behind on a, you know, 45 degree incline. But, but Did I uh, tell you that, that that's my second theory on, on Eunice Musa not playing It's because he actually got hurt when <laughs> Anthony Robinson did him on the slopes and they didn't want to announce that that was the reason. I never heard that theory. <laughs> this is totally just made up and this is, there's no grounding to this whatsoever. Yeah. Even less grounding than my theory that he was just delaying his cap tying for another window. Yeah. Well, I think so. I think it's Robinson in pole position because because he has the speed and the you know sort of defensive chops. I mean, he can defend, uh, and he can occasionally get forward. But then, who's the second? Who's second in line? And maybe we can find somebody who is a little better than Robinson in possession and provides a, a little bit of that getting forward. Although, like because Brooks is back there at left center back, we don't want Robinson to be bombing forward all the time. So Vines is. Vines is in the conversation. That's how I'm looking at it. I mean, he's in the conver- he's on the provisional roster, so he's definitely in the conversation. No, but you're saying he's in he's in your conversation. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's in my conversation. Whereas Gasper is in the provisional roster, but not in my conversation. Gotcha. Well, Vines will immediately, you know, be a much louder po- portion of the conversation if he puts uh, Albert Elise in his pocket for a match. You know what I mean? Like that's so. This is this is the chance he's got to seize it. I wouldn't say Vines ever got like pantsed or done in the Olympic uh, debacle down in Guadalajara. So he doesn't have any of those sort of like uh, 
giant red flags. Um, so, but those were against the kids. And so now he's got to do it against, against the grownups. Yep. That's it. I think it's a, it's a really good opportunity for Vines to establish himself as a national team player. And maybe Bello Gomez, even Gasper or Paredes, uh, surprises us. All right, center backs. We've got Miles Robinson, Walker Zimmerman, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Eric Palmer-Brown, uh, Henry Kessler. Do I get his name right? I feel like I'm do- getting it yeah, wrong Yeah, it's Henry time. Kessler. I always think like Henry Kissinger, and I'm like, surely his name isn't Henry Ke- Kissinger Kessler. Uh, Justin Jay, Donovan Pines, Austin Trusty. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say uh, the ones I want to see are Miles Robinson, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Walker Zimmerman and Justin Che. And that, that nails that nails the four I wanted to see even before this provisional roster came out. I think that there's some elements of Carter Vickers having uh, a lot of these European guys are going to have this um, questions around their club situation. He's he's still on the books at Tottenham. So he's pretty clearly not going to play there. So he's got to sort that out going into the season. So I'm not sure what that means for his gold cup uh, inclusion, but I would like I'm hoping that it's solved around the gold cup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've been on, you've been on the CCV appreciation train for a long time now, even when it wasn't fashionable, it was fashionable and then it wasn't. And now it maybe is a little bit. And Greg's been faithful all along. (laughs) Well, you know, when, when Richards isn't available when Aaron Long's out, like we've got to find somebody who can, who can, you know, give us some cover. And when we were talking about like this group of guys we had in this provisional roster, uh, I think Robinson and Zimmerman are sort of like clear leads, certainly in, if you're projecting out Berhalter's depth chart. Um, and then out of the other guys included, for me, it was a question of like, if you're trying to win a soccer game now, surely Cameron Carter-Vickers is ahead of, of the other guys on that list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's totally fair. Now, I think Miles and Zim sort of speak for themselves. and But I think Che probably deserves some explanation given his dis- – I think somewhat disappointing performance at right wing back for Dallas last night. He didn't look amazing. Uh, and I think you got to give him a little leeway for two reasons. One, well, he's very, three reasons. One, he's very young. Uh, two, he's, this is his first time out with Dallas since coming back from Bayern. And then, and three, Dallas is an absolute dumpster fire. Like <laughs> nobody on that team looks good. It's a, it's a soul destroying process to watch one of their soccer games and i guess it's it's because i always go into it thinking oh this is gonna we're gonna see somebody play well tonight you know one of these young guys peppy was in the starting lineup uh ferrero was in the starting lineup che was in the starting lineup pomacall came off the bench but man it was so so bad and i don't know how how much can you take away about any individual player's performance from a game like that when the team is just in such disarray yeah, it's it's the Werder Bremen effect, and it's you're trying to pull like a couple of you're trying to f- see if they can pull any positive moments out of that sort of fire. Uh, and Jesus Ferrer pulled a couple out. Not that we're talking about him right now, but uh, just a couple that you know were eye catching. He had an absolute gem of a yeah forty five year old forty five yard you know lofted ball over the top that uh, O'Brien I think just absolutely massacred his first touch. The pr- correct pronunciation. <laughs> the correct pronunciation would be O'Brien. Obrian, apologies. Uh, yeah, just turned it into a nothing. Couldn't even get a shot off. Got played clear and on goal like a youth soccer breakaway. 
um, made a meal of it and yeah. destroyed Jesus Ferreira's expected assist stats on the, on the play. <laughs> yep, which is sure going to matter for teams that are shopping him. Obreon had I maybe the worst soccer game I've ever seen a professional soccer player play last <laughs> night. It was so, so bad. Uh, but let's not dwell on that. Is it? Is it possible to get Jim Curtin to coach both Philadelphia and Dallas? Can he, can he, what are his, does he enjoy flying? I don't want to be mad at Lucci. I mean, like he, you know, he's played a huge role in the best academy in the U.S. And former, formerly the best academy in the U.S. It's Philadelphia now, right? Okay. I guess it is probably Philadelphia now. I don't know. I'm not not ready. Talk about your. Talk talk about you spending thirty minutes watching an eleven year old play soccer. I didn't watch. I didn't spend. For the record, I watched the first six <laughs> minutes of that tape. That's it. We we have to mention this. The since we're talking about the Philadelphia Union Academy for some reason, uh, <laughs> this kid named Kevin Sullivan, the the has a new highlight reel, twenty six minutes long on YouTube. The Hosted kid, by his brother Quinn Sullivan, right? Who yeah. is a Philadelphia Union player, also. Right. A, a child. Yeah. So he's a child and he posted his younger brother's highlight video. Yep. And it is a very impressive highlight video. Uh, of an 11 year old playing soccer <laughs> against 14 year olds and, uh, absolutely dominating. I think he scored like 3 million goals last year or something. So anyway, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not laughing because I'm saying he's never going to turn into anything. I'm laughing because it's very unlikely that he plays a part in the 2022 world cup cycle. Uh, yeah, I'll agree with that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just as likely that he doesn't play a part in any world cup cycle as that he does. So there's a lot more that goes into it than being a baller, you know, as we know. Okay. Which, which brings us back to Justin Che and your first, uh, your first sort of a uh, mulligan for him was that he's young. And I just want to say that that leeway at this point has, uh, a lot less wiggle room when world cup qualifiers are six months away. Than it did back in 2018 when we started the podcast. Two months away. Two months away, yeah. Uh, When we started the podcast and we had two and a half years. And then as Peter Vermees reminded us, what we had was time. What we had on our side was time. That is no longer uh, the case for a lot of these prospects. So you got to be it now. You know, to a certain extent, if you're not there now, you can't use like, oh, but I'm only 18 or I'm only 19. I'm going to get better. That's great. I want you to get better and I hope you do. But we got to win. We have some must-win games in September. That's fair. And in that in the, in that spirit, if he if he plays in Dallas's next game, which I, I wouldn't say is guaranteed, uh, if he plays and he doesn't look significantly better than he did last night, then he comes off this roster, and we're going with Eric Palmer Brown. For me, I would take it. it I that's be in, mad that, about that. That's in my conversation. But again, for me, I'm it's kind of like Turner. I'm expecting Zimmerman and Miles to uh, eat up almost all of the real minutes in this competition, and everyone and whoever else is there is going to be get introduced to the camp, get introduced to the program. Okay. CCV might break in because again, I think he's a guy who can win you some games today. Yeah. Uh, at this level, but uh, I, I'm not expecting Austin Trustee. Even if he's there, I'm not going to be too mad because I don't think Austin Trustee is going to be starting in the in the knockout games. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. Hopefully, hopefully, I'm not under underselling Austin Trusty. Let's go to right back. Who do we have? So at right back, we've got uh, Reggie Cannon, who's the first uh, repeat 
name from the Nations League roster. First guy to be on both those rosters in our list. Uh, Shaq Moore, who I'm super excited to see, even on the provisional roster. Julian Araujo, uh, Kyle Duncan, and Aaron Herrera. Uh, what are you excited about from that group? Well, I don't want to see... Uh, I don't think we need to see Cannon anymore in this camp, even though he probably is the top of the pecking order here. So I'd, I'd like to see Shaq Moore and Julian Araujo. That's what, that's who I'd like. Any, any, you want to go, you want to elaborate on it at all? Or are you just like, that's who I just want to see. I'm just curious about Shaq Moore. You know, he was in the, he was in the mix. He was in the conversation a couple of years ago and, and seems to, how long has it been since he's been called up? It's been a while. I feel like. He's never been called up for Burhalter. I think he was in the. He played. I think left back in Sarakin's last game against uh, Italy. I believe he was. He was starting and played fairly well in that win against France. You know, before France won the World Cup. Yep. More most usually a right back. Uh, he got some run at left back in his when he finally settled into a club in like the Spanish second division, uh, and then eventually transferred over to like right wing. And now I think is pretty much playing right back again okay. in Spain. Yeah, I've always kind of appreciated how he plays. And I think the the right back options we have outside of Dest are all kind of uh, tough to differentiate from each other. So let's let's bring in somebody else. I, I really like Kyle Duncan as a player too. Um, I don't, so I don't, if he's there instead of Araujo or even instead of Moore, I'd be fine with that. I see Herrera. I respect what Herrera does. I, res- I respect what he brings, but I just I don't I don't think he's a plus fullback at the international level. And again, it's it's very likely that none of these guys will be that for us in this yeah. cycle, in this qualifying cycle, because again, Sergio Dest is is you know the nailed on uh, first choice fullback. We'll just call him the fullback, whether he's right back or left back. Uh, so th- these guys are all sort of fighting for a backup spot as it is. Um, so I'm not. There aren't there aren't two names I'm gonna be too upset about seeing. Even if Reggie Cannon's on here, uh, we do need some like continuity. So if Reggie Cannon's one of the continuity guys, uh, I'd certainly prefer him over a few other continuity guys that we'll talk about in just a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of which, let's move to defensive midfield. All right. So at the six, if we're if we're kind of building our team around that same four three three with a with a six and two eights. Um, Kellen Acosta maybe as a six. He's on the provisional roster as a midfielder. Uh, could be a six or an eight. Jackson Ewell. Uh, so both those guys repeats from the Nations League rosters. Um, James Sands, who's actually listed as a defender, but we threw him on here anyway because it's our show and we can do that. Uh, James Flack, uh, Gianluca Busio, uh, Johnny, and uh, Andres Pereja. So it's it's Johnny Cardoso and uh, Leon Flock. I think James Flock was a uh, a press secretary for Nixon or something. I'm, I'm locked into the Nixon administration. Uh, <laughs> you always were. All right, all, all my spreadsheets just have the last names of these guys, and I never listen to games uh, with audio, or I never watch games with the audio broadcast on, so I never hear their names spoken out loud. So I'm always like guessing on pronunciations and apparently also first names. You all, you, you, so you just listen on mute. You watch. Well, I got, I got, I have, I have small children, and they're not gonna, they're not gonna have the soccer game audio on. We're, we're listening to Peppa. Yeah. So I'm, fair enough. I'm hearing Peppa and watching soccer. Yeah, kids are always so reasonable about that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, 
So I think I want to see um, who do I want to see at the six? I want it to be Acosta and James Sands. I want to I want to see Sands and I want to see Nixon spokesman Leon James Flock. Uh, no, I want I want to see why Flock. Tell me tell me what you like about Flock. Uh, basically, just that he's twenty and he just walked in to a starting lineup for the Supporter Shield winners as a six. I mean that that's something, right? Yeah. I don't know. Is that anything? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not. It's something. He's he he works hard. He's he's competent. Um. I don't know. I would I wouldn't hate Buzio there either, but uh, for me, I'd actually rather see Buzio somewhere else on the field if he's going to be included. Uh, maybe maybe that's maybe that's nonsense, and it's clear at this point that he this the six is his position. Uh, but I'm still just looking for a little bit more defensive stoutness, sturdiness. I can I can point you to someone who maybe is not looking for that, and that would be Greg Berhalter. Uh, <laughs> And I, so I, I do sort of suspect that Busio will be, might be there as a six because he's so similar to Jackson Ewell. And I assume Jackson Ewell will be there too. That that's that's what's going to be. I don't want to say crushing, but uh, I was also going to say I wouldn't even mind seeing uh, Eric Williamson playing in the spot uh, or getting a run out there. But uh, should we should we address the Jackson Ewell uh, likely inclusion? Yes, please do. Like the floor is yours. Like it's a very serious matter that we need to. Kids, <laughs> we, need to, we have something need we need to talk about. about. <laughs> uh, again, if he's included, I'm hoping that he uh, absolutely just nails it and hits a line breaking pass every fourth time the ball comes to him and just looks lights out. Uh, but it just it just se- feels like giving him more minutes after what we saw in the Honduras game, even a little bit of what we saw against Switzerland, is just using this time that we could be exploring somebody else instead. Uh, and I really, cause if we bring him, then we're probably only bringing one other six unless we're doing the Olympic qualifying uh, routine again. And we bring seven defensive mids and play them all out of position. So I just would, ra- I just, my hope is that we just see other players do it and they might all look terrible and we'll be like, all right, well that's why you getting the minutes because Sands looks totally out of place and doesn't give us anything. And if that's the case then fine, we've, you got 800 minutes under Burhalter. He comes back in in September, I guess. Or we have to go a completely different direction, but it would—it just feels like it'd be a bit of a waste, a bit redundant to run him back out. Yeah, I—I uh, I agree one hundred percent. And it does feel like we've beaten on this dead horse a lot over the months, but it—or especially over the last couple of weeks. But that's—that's uh, that's how I feel about it too. I—I I should say with regard to Busio, I have some people who are very furious with me for not rating Busio enough on Twitter, and. I just want to say I do I think he's playing really well. He does he does a lot of good stuff. He does a lot of stuff very nicely. He's technical. He he can play that diagonal pass that we've come to associate with this position for the men's national team. Uh he's even he's even he can even step forward with the ball and dribble past some guys. So there's a, he does a lot of things that that are really nice. He's not defensively stout. And um like didn't you just say that basically? Um and I and I'm just I just can't I can't abide that anymore from this position. We need people who who win battles and are alert to danger and shut things down. And that's why I really want to see James Sands. I think Acosta Acosta is uh is is fine in that position. We don't we we the the second six, fourth eight, 
dilemma is currently, in my view, not a crisis because Acosta sort of is adequate in both of those roles. Um, so I think he, he should get more reps. He should be sort of the bar for the other guys. Flock, I wouldn't be mad about Flock being involved in this roster at all, whether that's as a six or as an eight. Is that how his name is said? Is it Flock? <laughs> Sorry to take us back to pronunciations. I took a I took a Spanish pronunciation class, not a German pronunciation class, so okay. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, so to go back to Buzio, and, and again, I don't know. Maybe his defense is up to par. We were saying the same thing about Yule. Like maybe we're wrong, and uh, he can he is above us whatever threshold is required. Uh, but then he just got like done for athleticism so many times against Honduras in like one on one battles. Once he gets done, he's not capable of recovering, which is another huge advantage that an Acosta had over him where Acosta can recover after getting beat slightly. Uh, for Buzio, again, if, if he can't hit that threshold, I don't think his distribution in any way like is so good that it over, overweight, outweighs that. And that's that's always the question. If, if we put a guy in there whose distribution was just outstanding, like John Brooks-level distribution mm-hmm. from that spot, then you can you can – you know, settle for a little bit less of that defensive cage match winning. Uh, but if they're not, if they're still just basically an average distributor, uh, then it just, for me, there's no, there's no trade-off. You don't have the trade-off anymore. So you're just sacrificing um, ball winning, uh, recovery, protecting John Brooks, which is a, a massive priority. Yeah. And, and you're not getting anything in exchange for it. So, so I think I'm, I'm on the same boat, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing, if Buzio is passable in either category, distributing or defensive jobs. Yeah, I'd be lying if I said I would, wouldn't be intrigued to see him in this roster, the final roster. But I, it's not what I would do. Well, and, and just to go back on the Ewell thing, the other thing I kind of like worried about, if worry is even the right word, uh, is that he would come in after that Honduras game and then he would look great against like these group stage opponents that would be really weak. Uh, but again, because some of these teams are bringing stronger rosters than we anticipated potentially, um, it could be the case where, again, if he can't do it, he will be re-found out. Uh, and maybe that would be the end of the experiment. Or again, maybe he shows that Honduras was a one-off sort of bottle job and he completely outclasses everyone on the field in midfield. He does seem to be in a in a funk because he played, he had that, I think you put the clip on Twitter of him playing a pass across the field to basically nobody against Orlando City. San Jose lost this game 5-0, to zero, by the way. And um, it was picked up by Nani, and uh, a couple passes later found Daryl DK's feet in the box, and he slotted it in near post with his left foot. Two goals on the night for DK, and not a good night for Jackson Ewell by all appearances. So he's, he's, he's struggling right now, I think. And, and we've said it before, the same, it looked, in Honduras, it very much looked like a mental thing. We talk sometimes about when you play better opponents or more intense opponents, windows are smaller, space starts to evaporate quickly. That wasn't necessarily even the case in the Honduras game. Like He was getting the ball with pretty big windows in a decent amount of space, and it was just like he just kind of turtling up a little bit and not hitting a pass that we basically know that he is capable of hitting. So... Uh, so maybe he does just, maybe Berhalter thinks he's just going to power through it. And these gold cup reps are necessary so that he can come out the other side for qualifying. Yeah. That's, that's the optimistic take if he's, if he's on the list. Yeah. All right. Into the eights. 
Yeah, the, the eights. Uh, want me to read them off? We've got yeah. Hassani. We got, Do- we got some fourth eights in here. Hassani Dodson, Cole Bassett, Frankie Amaya, uh, Moses Nyman, Tanner Tessman, Eric Williamson, Paxton Pomacall, Sebastian Legette, and then perhaps Kellen Acosta. Um, who do you who do you want to see? I badly want to see Eric Williamson. I badly want to see Paxton Pomacall play twenty minutes a game. Uh, and after that, I don't really care if it's Legette and Acosta coming back in as sort of again that continuity those continuity picks. Fair enough. Uh, I won't be too too uh, bothered about anyone else being excluded. And I'd even understand if Pomacall is excluded, given his still limited in, uh, participation for FC Dallas. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, how likely do you think he is to actually get called up, given that he doesn't start right now? And he comes on. Well, he started one game over the weekend, I guess, but played only he played a half. played 45, yep. His minutes are and, carefully managed. Right. And, and I think that we could do the same. I, don't, I actually don't think that's that big a deal, given uh, the num- like the fact that we would be carrying four eights anyway. Uh, I feel like it'd be easy to use him, even knowing that his his minutes are he can't play 90. He can never you can't start a game with him and play him 90 minutes or even probably 75 minutes. Uh, you know, he basically becomes an impact sub. And for a lot of his FC Dallas appearances, he has been an impact sub. He's made an impact. Mm-hmm. Despite swimming as upstream as it is to swim for FC Dallas, super upstreamy swimming there in Frisco. Um, okay, I want I I want to see Legette, Pomacall, Williamson, and and uh, who else? Bassett is it is is Acosta one of your sixes? Yes, yeah, he is. Okay. I've got Acosta and Sands at the six, and I'll take Legette, Bassett, Williamson, and Pomacall. Okay, I'm not. I'm not mad about it. Any of them that you're like, don't include this player. Don't even want him taking up a spot. I, I, I think Nyman. Nyman has a little ways to go. Uh, Dotson. I think I have a pretty good idea what kind of player he is. I don't think he's on the level of our first team, or is clo- is going to get there soon. So. But I'm not. Right. I'm not going to shut. The, I'm not, I don't shut the door okay. on anybody. I'm, I'm just I'm like Greg. Moving to the, to the wingers. Okay. <laughs> I don't shut. I never shut doors. Uh, and we'll we'll say again. Luca De La Torre, uh, from the reports, essentially chose to be uh, left off to uh, make sure he got a full club preseason in. Do we do we talk about the math there? Should we talk about his math? No, yeah. Well, I don't know the math. What's the math? <laughs> so. In the report, at least in the interview on the Athletic, uh, it basically made, basically made it sound like that was him trying to put himself in a best his best position to get called up in September for qualifiers. It would be to have a really strong preseason with his club and come out like hot for his club. Uh, and for me, like that 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 particular math is super backward. Like I think that puts him in the best position to, for his club, but I feel like it's it seems almost unlikely that. Yeah, uh, that's better than being right in front of the coach who would have to pick you uh, for super meaningful games and getting four weeks with him. Yeah, I didn't know that he said that. That is, I, surely when he talked to Burhalter about it, Burhalter would have disabused him of this notion. Or <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, Burhalter seems like a guy who doesn't. He's he seems like that like guru who never is going to tell you what to do. <laughs> always just be like, well, what do you want to accomplish? How do you want to do this? Yeah. What are totally. you trying to What are you trying to achieve? Then okay. you got to make the best decision for yourself. 
the best kind of guru, <laughs> the Socratic one. Um, okay, so so that's the Delatora situation. I, w- I I do kind of wish he was here. I think I think you're right. I think he would. I think he would have a better chance of getting called up in September if he performed well in the Gold Cup. He's already a starter for Heracles. Why? What difference does it make if he's in preseason or not? I don't know. What ifs, Luca? <laughs> I, I, I'm hope he, I hope he does have a great season in preseason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, left wing. Who you got? Who do we have as a possible left winger? We're kind of just making these up, these positions now. But uh, and I forgot we're we're not calling them left wings anymore. Bells. I, someone didn't update the 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 sheet here. These are half space merchants from now on. We're not calling them wingers. I don't agree with that. It makes too many people angry that Gio Reyna is still called a winger. Like they can't get past it. So half space merchants. Hmm. So the le- on the left half space merchant. <laughs> Good uh, grief! List. This is going to be horrible. <laughs> We've got Julian Green, who again, I'm totally making this up. I have no idea if that's where Berhalter sees him. He, Julian Green could be one of the eights. Uh, Cade Cowell. Uh, Memo uh, Rodriguez, who I'm super excited about being on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgie Mihailovic and Jonathan Lewis, neither of whom I'm super excited about uh, seeing in the Gold Cup. No, let's not see them in the Gold Cup. And can, can I just do a little uh, another little rant here? Yeah. Tangent. We'll call them tangents. Please. Because um, I've seen people saying, like, are we trying to win this? Or are we trying to, like, give people auditions? Like, what's the priority here? Uh, talking about who should be called up. And I feel like for me, my, my like, frustration guideline is going to be the dividing line. is going to be, like, who helps us win World Cup qualifying games? Like, for those guys, you bring them. So I'm talking there, like, Walker Zimmerman, uh, Sebastian Legette, if he's on here, it makes sense to me. He's a guy that we're going to use in World Cup qualifying games. It's other guys who who, are, who would be considered like retreads, mm-hmm. uh, who aren't going to help us necessarily win World Cup qualifying games. That I'd rather see go to super experimental call ups. So, in this left wing spot, if it were coming down to Georgie and Lewis versus Green or Cowell, like for sure, give me Julian Green and Cade Cowell for this tournament. Yeah. Or Memo, I'd love to. I would actually pretty much really enjoy seeing Memo on here too. Yeah, I want to see Green and Cowell. That's that's how I'm looking at it, uh, but Memo, I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad about Memo. I I I do definitely want to see Green. So if 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 Memo is going to be there, let's pull let's pull Cal out and let him bake a little bit longer in the uh, Almeida oven. <laughs> All right, and and Cal could be uh, I guess a a, run, a candidate forward too. Who knows? Who knows where he fits in? Yeah, right wing. Is, the options are Paul. Ario- I'm sorry. What? I'm I'm sorry. What did you? What oh yeah, you uh, I'll I'll say it one time just to humor you. Right half space merchant, totally not an appropriate tag for Paul Ariola. But Paul Ariola, Caden Clark, Christian Roldan, uh, Chris Mueller, and Corey Baird. Interesting that we have Roldan as a in this spot rather than as a um, midfielder. Yeah, pure speculation here based on what he's been doing for Seattle. He's been playing more of like a front three position, very much a half space merchant rather than like a traditional center midfielder. And he's looked very good doing it. So uh, it would not surprise me at all to see Burhalter also make this adjustment. He did this with Brendan Aronson, took him out of central midfield for us, put him in that half space on the left side, uh, has had good returns on it to date. 
So I, it wouldn't surprise me if he does the same as Roldan. Yeah. I, I want to see Ariola and Clark. I'm pretty sure on that. Um, I just think it's hard to imagine a gold cup without Paul Ariola in it. <laughs> and, uh, and Caden Clark just announced this morning that it is official. He's going to RB Leipzig in the winter transfer window. So that's a big deal. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure he's the second coming of Christian Pulisic or, you know, whatever. I'm not sure he is. I'm not sure he's as good as everybody thinks he is, but he's, he certainly could be. And he's a good player in the, in major league soccer right now. So yep, he's, he's producing now in major league soccer. So that's one of those where it's like, yes, he's young. Yes. It's very possible. Very likely he gets a lot better than he is right now, but we can still say that his, his, you know, production now would also be enough to warrant a call up for this kind of an event. Yep. Let's go to striker. Right. But before we do, uh, let me read a question from Eric Milazzo from the discord. He says, I feel that any minutes given to Josie and Zardis will be wasted minutes that could go to Ibobase, Hoppy, Pepe, etc. Thoughts? So for me, this is, it's exactly what I talked about in the, before about about my sort of like frustration cutoff i think zardes could well be a a guy we call up for world cup qualifying Mm -hmm. um so if he's included i'm not super mad uh i would still prefer to see two or three other strikers on this roster just because um i still don't think the zardes bar is that high of a bar to clear and and some of these young guys could already be there or close to it uh so I would rather get extended looks at them to find that out rather than using one of the slots on Jazzy Zardes, who is an extremely well-known commodity for Greg Berhalter in particular. So I I guess I'll go DK and Ferreira if we're going to have two strikers. If there's a third, I'd take I'd, I'd be okay with Zardes. I'd be okay with Pepe. I'd be okay with uh, Ibobase. Hoppy. I'd even be okay with Hoppy. I don't have that strong of an opinion about it. <laughs> like I just um I just want to see DK uh a lot and you know watching dallas last night i'm kind of prisoner of the momenting myself here but watching dallas last night ferrer is just a better player than pepe in combination uh and if we want to if we want that out of our nine uh ferrer ferrer is the guy for me um pepe i'm still super like optimistic about his future but he's um he's still a little raw still a little raw and not certainly not a dominant striker but we're, we're basically just talking degrees of curiosity here right like almost every name on this list or at least the ones you mentioned like you'd be pretty like all right cool what i say like let's let's see what he does here let's see what he does with 20 minutes a game yeah yeah i'm afraid there's going to be a lot of disappointment in these games when some of these guys come in but maybe we won't get into that right now so who do you who yeah. are you two, who are your two strikers or three so I want DK to be there, and I want, I'm hoping that he is like the primary primary guy. Uh, but after that, honestly, pick pick some names out of a hat. I, uh, I'm very curious about Rabin uh, and sort of what he's gone through in, in his whole story uh, and the fact that he's mostly looked pretty good uh, since since starting for Salt Lake. Um, I'm a big Ferreira guy too just for the style of play he has. I think it's super pleasing aesthetically. And I'm not above just wanting that for a gold cup. Hence my uh, obsession with Kenny Seth. Uh, so 
if it were DK Rubin and Ferreira, I'd be be very happy. If it's uh, any other combination of names, I'll be like, oh, this will be cool to see also. Yeah, yeah. So should we run through what what are our actual preferred 23s here? All right, you've got you've got yours. Uh, why don't you give yours first, and then I'll just say where mine differs from it because there's going to be a lot of overlap. Okay, so I've got Turner, Johnson, and Malia in goal. Agree. Uh, this will be our first differential, I'm sure. Or do you ha- you still you still with me on that? Because you don't care about the goalkeepers. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I just I just want Turner to be there. <laughs> uh. I am only bringing Sam Vines out of the left backs. So all of you are like, I'm interested in all these different left backs. I'm like, cool, cool. Let's just bring Sam Vines and leave the other slot for somebody else that I'm more interested in, in another position. Okay. Yeah. I want to see one of the three young guys, whoever, whoever Berhalter thinks deserves the opportunity. All right. I've got, I've got Cannon and Araujo, but I would actually prefer more in Araujo. So, so this is our, this is our call, right? Give me Shaq more. And Julian Araujo, Shaq Moore would also provide some cover at left back if if we're only bringing Vine. So yep. my bases are covered there. But again, we also have Kellen Acosta who did it against Mexico in a final. So in a pinch, Kellen Acosta can play any position. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's a really good thing about Acosta, I think, that versatility. Center back, who do you have? I've got Miles. I've got Zimmerman. I've got... Uh, Cameron Carter Vickers and I say go ahead and bring Justin Che yep I agree with that I do with the caveat that if Che doesn't look better than he did last night in his next appearance for FC Dallas send him back down to you know whatever other place he can go to uh, <laughs> and and bring EPB Eric Palmer Brown e- EPB or Kessler because Kessler can play that left center back role which I don't really think that CCV plays a lot of or Zimmerman to put him on there weak foot I think would be an unnecessary ask. Okay. Defen- uh, defensive mid. So I've got I've got Sands, I've got Flock. Okay. I've got Acosta and Sands. Number All eight. Right, so here there's some there's some of our overlap then. Give me Acosta, give me Legit, Pomacall, Williamson. Yeah, Legit. Williamson back. might end up playing some six. Right. It'll be a triple pivot, right? Legette, Bassett, Williamson, and Pomacall for me. So we differ in that. I don't. I'm not bringing Flock. That's basically the only difference. Yep. So far. All right. uh, My left wings. uh, Give me. Give me Green. Let's do Memo. I want to see Memo. I think it'd be awesome. Memo and Green. Yeah. I'll stick with Cal and Green just to keep it spicy. Uh, so let me let me jump on that one more time because I didn't say just say this about Mamo before, but Mamo is also a, like a tailor made fit for that like playing in the half space, and I don't know that Cowell really is. So this oh, he's is going to be a style not. thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that is that safe to say? Yeah, Cowell's not going to come in and play make in the half space, and Mamo can do that. Like that's that's what he does. He basically plays as that very like tight in kind of like a tighter front three for Houston. So. I think he's a very good stylistic fit for this group. And I think Julian Green kind of would be too, uh, if he's not playing as an eight. Yeah. Um, right wings, I think we have the same ones in Ariola and Clark, unless you've changed your I'm, mind. I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna get throw rolled on a bone here. Uh in part because Clark just had his appendix taken out and I feel like it's gonna be a hustle to get him in in time to compete in top level soccer matches. Okay. 
And then at striker, you've got uh, DK and kind of pick a name out of a hat. Is that is that? No, what no, no. Do? I've got three spots because I saved one at left back. So I'm going DK, Rubin, and Ferreira. Okay. And I'll say DK and Ferreira since I only have thanks two spots. For on, thanks, thanks for jumping on the Ferreira train. I feel like, I mean, it was definitely getting lonely. He hadn't played in forever. Finally, he came back healthy. So... It's nice to have like a buddy on the Ferrera train. Uh, I'm happy to be your buddy on that train. He um, he was a little profligate last night. I thought with his uh, attempted long balls, as the as the hopelessness of the evening in Los Angeles set in. But he did he did a lot of nice stuff too. So I totally noticed that too. Uh, but I I want to say like it was almost like it was on him to hit that ball. It was like it was kind of like a Red Bullish thing where it was like okay. You you get it and you put yourself in a position to receive in a good spot and turn and now it's your job to like force it into the teeth of the defense. Sometimes it'll come off; it almost never will. But that's what it kind of felt like. It, it didn't feel like he was giving, uh, like ignoring these other better options. It felt like it was his job to hit a through ball, whether it came off or not. Maybe, yeah. Because they had they had like two runners ahead of him at all times. He was kind of playing underneath two forwards. That's that's sort of what my read on it was. I'll, I'll have to rewatch his all his clips. But it was like, oh, he's clearly just like his job is to hit it through a seam, whether the seam exists or not. Just and they just hope for a second ball or something. Maybe just play. Just hope that eventually, yeah, there was there was a seam where it didn't look like there was, and you'd get in. Okay. So that's my that's me forgiving all his turnovers. Fair enough, fair enough. I'll take it. Uh let me before we say what what we think Burhalter's actual roster is going to be, let me just do a quick plug for Jesse Howe. We don't do ads anymore, but I got to shout out Jesse who is a longtime Scuff podcast listener and his vocation which is Quality Tutors International. He had mercy on me and my at best uneven pronunciation of Central American names and gave me a free session with some principles and pointers on how to better say these names on the podcast. That's why I was correcting Greg on the pronunciation of O'Brien, O'Brien, uh, not partly because I'm a pedantic asshole, but <laughs> also partly just to, because Greg told me before the podcast started to do that. So uh, I found this lesson with Jesse over Zoom productive, and I find almost nothing over Zoom productive He's not paying me to say this. He just gave me a free lesson. So just for the record, hopefully I can put the instruction into practice. I'll put a link to his website in the show notes for anybody looking to learn or brush up on their Spanish. Thanks, Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah. Improving our podcast immediately. Now, um, Berhalter's actual roster, I think it's going to be uh, at goalkeeper, Turner, Johnson, and Guzan. Any disagreement there? I, I gen, are you putting Guzan as like third string? Yeah. I honestly don't know. I think the third string keeper will be like worked out in discussions. I can see them like everyone declining the call up because they're going to miss a month of the That's club true. season and they're not going to play. So I was kind of surprised we didn't bring like a, a young backup kind of, yeah. but uh, what do you do? Like, so, so I don't know. I don't know who we're going to take. I don't know if it'll even be based on like soccer merit or if it's just going to be a convenience. I mean, Ochoa and Marcinkowski are not on this sixty-man uh, roster, which is kind of interesting. Well, and, and they're both starters, though. So either way, you'd be taking them after That's club true. if they were going to be third string too. So, like, I, I, I feel like a Matt Freese would have been like the perfect guy to bring to this uh, tournament as a third keeper. Yeah, Philly's backup. Philly's backup goalkeeper to Andre Blake. 
oh, I've, but I guess he's going to play. Because Blake's going to be in Jamaica, yeah. All right. Yeah, we don't, need, we don't need to a, spend puzzle. too much time on that third goalkeeper. <laughs> um, uh, left back, I, th- I suspect, uh, and I could be reading too much into it based on uh, what Berhalter told Bobby Warshaw, but I suspect we'll see Vines and Paredes at left back. Um, s- just jump in if you have any disagreement. We don't need to linger too much. Center back, yep. I think it's going to be Robinson, Carter Vickers, Zimmerman, and EPB, you know, assuming everybody's club situation is is uh amenable to that uh right back i think it'll be canon and more i i think it'll be canon araujo but okay but i mean not not too not too busy about it <laughs> not too busy about it. that's what they say <laughs> number six i think it'll be yule and busio because busio is the right. the right profile for that position acosta will be in the camp as an eight but this is just my Berhalter prediction. Cost at the eight. I think you will. I think you will be there. I'm I, same with third string keeper. I think it's a name out of a hat for the backup to you. Okay, that seems very un. Uh, what's the word? Irresponsible. To, uh, you know what? I don't to think do a name, name of that. I, I don't think it'll be Sands. Is that like I want to rule out? I feel like it won't be Sands, and I think it's just because I'm bracing myself for Sands just absolutely not being rated. He hasn't been in any other youth camps or Olympic camps, so. So yeah, so I think it's either uh, going to be Buzio or, or Flock. How could you just discard Sands though? The dude works I'm not, his ass I'm off. I'm not discarding Sands. Not uh, you, but also, I'm, yeah. <laughs> is it is it strange that neither of us think Perea or or Johnny Cardoso have like any shot here? Do you think they have a shot here? Uh, I mean, Perea does. Walter well, I mean, worked hard to get Perea in, yeah. into the Perea has a fold. shot. It okay. might be it might but be Yuan Perea. I think Johnny was pretty bad in the Olympic qualifiers, and Perea wasn't Perea wasn't outstanding, but he was he had his good moments in that tournament. Okay, all right. Sorry, sorry to to dwell. So you're you're saying uh, Ewell and Buzio is who you're expecting? Yeah, we got to have a couple uh, registas in that spot, and then um, now this again, this is me putting myself in Greg Berhalter's shoes. No, and, yep. and the eight yep. at the eight. Uh, I'd say it's going to be Leggett, Roldan, Williamson, and Acosta. I think Pomacall doesn't make the cut. I think Roldan definitely does for Burhalter. Uh I think Williamson will be the sort of exciting pick in the advanced midfield, and that'll be that. I'm I'm bracing for Williamson to get cut the same way he got cut from the Olympics, uh, same way I had to brace for Sands and Parks being cut, and I was right on Parks. Uh where do you do? So where do you do I'm all this a, bracing? Do you find like a quiet just, room in the house? I have, a, I have a little bracing corner. Yeah, I have my own little bracing corner. Uh, it's under a doorway. It's like the safest spot in the house. And you just you just get in there and you just brace. Yeah. You don't. You guys. Y'all don't. You all don't Is brace. It like a hug where you hug yourself, or you just you just put your palms on the ground and. They recommend bracing for at least fifteen minutes a day. <laughs> uh, I this. Uh, this this whole roster is so like unpredictable for me that I I feel weird even trying to say like Berhalter's going to do this this and this I I do think Legette and Acosta are in after that no clue I mean Bassett hasn't been rated he's been dropped from lineups by Berhalter in the camps he was at mm-hmm. uh, in December and January was he even in the January one dropped in December didn't play uh, so I don't know out of all those guys Tessman and Dotson feel like the the most likely 
but this is also me throwing Roldan up into the into the half space. So you're probably right that it'll be Roldan as one of the eights. But I don't know, man. I, I just beyond a cost and legit, it's such a it's such a crapshoot. I would say the same is really true of the of the uh, left half space position. <laughs> um, but I would guess we're gonna see Green and Chris Mueller. I've kind of I've kind of just blown up this this whole segment of picking Berhalter's guys, haven't I? Yeah, that's okay. It's okay. We're just gonna I'm just gonna soldier ahead with it, with or without you. Uh, same here, man. I, I don't. I, I honestly would be least surprised if our left half space guys were Georgie and Lewis. That would surprise me the least out of any other picks for Berhalter. Oh, brother, Greg, Greg B, please don't do that. Uh, and then on the right, attacking mid position. I'm going to say Ariola is in there for one. Yeah, for sure. Ariola. And then I, I would say, I would guess Caden Clark will get it, but you're right about his appendix. I think that came on us like a thief in the night came on him like a thief in the night. And you can never predict when you're going to get an append appendectomy. Can you not? So that was my question. I, we need, we need somebody, we need a, like an MD here. We are, have an MD. We have an, we have an MD in the group chat and he refused to okay. answer your question. So just give it a rest. He won't speculate on someone else's, like medical history are if, if they're not i was my my question was like are they always acute or did Caden clark get informed that he wasn't going to be on the roster so then he scheduled his appendectomy ahead of his physical with leipzig i don't I dude no scott jork is gonna have a field day with this segment uh, he's gonna get the medical journals out um so you so you're saying Ariola and rolled on probably i'm i wouldn't be surprised and i wouldn't hate it and i wouldn't hate if clark uh, became like the extra slot that we saved from our fullbacks. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I mean, again, this is all, um, this is such pie in the sky for me to say three fullbacks, but if we use the extra slot on one of the wingers, that would be fine too. Since we have so many blended winger center mids. And then, sorry, sorry. This is just me saying, yes, it could be Clark and Ariola and rolled on all at once. And I think it'll be DK and Zardis at striker and maybe, maybe maybe Ferreira because Berhalter does like Ferreira and has criticized Lucha Gonzalez for the way he uses him in the past. In, more beef. In, that was beef. In, in very gentle terms. Very gentle terms. Gentle Tons oblique. Just, uh, same. I, I think DK and Zardes would be the most expected pair of strikers. The beef is like little sliders. That's what we have in, uh, that's what we have in U.S. soccer right now. It's it's not it's not Drew and Bappe beef. No, no, no. Okay, let's talk about the U.S. women's national team Olympic roster. They're going for yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's nothing provisional about this roster. This is the roster. Yep. They're going for what? They're like third straight Olympic championship. Is that? So they won it in 2012. Uh, they got knocked out in 2016 by Sweden, uh, and now in the 2020 Olympics in 2021. They're trying to do the first repeat, win a World Cup, then win an Olympics the subsequent year, even though it's no longer the subsequent year. Yeah. Te- minor so, technicality. Yeah. So if you're keeping track, their their title, their recent titles are 2012 Olympics, 2015 World Cup, 2019 World Cup. And now they're going for their fourth uh, major trophy in a nine decade. years. Yeah. Yep. There you go. So a goalkeeper, it's Alyssa Nair and... Adriana French, French. Yeah, and also just a heads up: these are eighteen-player rosters. The Olympics are brutal on roster limits, so we're talking eighteen players 
from, as Bells has called it, a murderer's row of women's soccer players in the U.S. Fullbacks are Crystal Dunn, Kelly O'Hara, and Emily Sonnet. And then the center backs are Becky Sauerbrunn, Abby Dahlkemper, Tierna Davidson. Uh, center mids, so that's only three fullbacks and only three center backs. Yeah, that, that is going to be brutal. Uh, so Sonnet doubles. So Sonnet's going to be a fullback. She could also deputize as a center back. And Tierna Davidson has some experience playing as an outside back as well. So there's a little bit of flexibility there. Okay. The center mids are holding mid Julie Ertz, Lindsay Aran, Rose Lavelle, Sam Mewis, and Christy Mewis. Christy Mewis, the only player on this roster who was not on the World Cup 2019 roster. Which was a 23-person roster, right? Right. So, yep. So they had to pare down that roster and added Christy Mewis. Okay. And then wingers would be Kristen Press, Megan Rapino, and Tobin Heath. Perhaps the most, the funnest player to watch of all time, who is American. And then... Yeah, to- you're talking about Tobin, and Tobin is also coming off of a long-term injury. This is almost, uh, since we have most of our listeners are men's national team fans, uh, this is going to be of a kind with Tyler Adams' inclusion in Nations League, where Tobin hasn't played a competitive game in forever. Uh, she's been out with injury for months, and so it's a bit of a leap of faith to include her on an 18-player roster. But also, she's really good, so if you can get even a little bit out of her, the thinking apparently is that she's worth carrying. Yeah. It's good for the television experience. It's it's a risk, though. It's definitely a risk having her on here. And then the forwards are Alex Morgan and uh, Carly Lloyd, who is uh, 87 years old. <laughs> I think she's 39. I think she's turn, maybe turning 39. So Yeah, she's 38. I, I saw it earlier today. That's how old I am. Not far off. <laughs> um, so I guess... I thought Katarina Macario was like, you know, going to be the future. And she's 21. She's, she, she did a one-time switch from Brazil or, or she chose to play for the U S despite being eligible to play for Brazil. Right. Just recently had her paperwork go through that might've played into it. She didn't have a ton of time to play for the U S uh, she did, couldn't get a ton of reps in or, or she got, I guess didn't get enough reps in whether it's because she didn't have all of the chances afforded to her that uh, she should have. I, I'm, I'm not saying one way or the other. Uh, she generally played like limited minutes in her appearances for the U S maybe one or two starts. Um, and didn't look so ama- and didn't look amazing either. Did she not amazing? No. So she didn't come out and look ridiculous. And so, and that was all, that's almost what you have to do when you're trying to break into the best like women's team in history, <laughs> you know, like this team is stupid good uh, on paper, on the field. Um, all they do is churn out wins. So it's, it's such like the polar opposite of what we've been going through. And, you know, scuffed podcast definitely has a well-earned reputation for championing youth uh, and playing the kids. But again, for me, that's not like a reflexive thing. It's very much based on the situation of the men's team uh, where we have, some bang average prime age players yeah. and some outstanding young players. And so it's very much like these are actually the better players. You should play them because they're better. And on the women's side, it's just such the opposite. I think six of the 18 players were on the 2012 Olympic team. I mean, they've got like three major, I mean, these are just champion winning players. All they do is win championships. So you're trying to knock that player out. 
Like that's that's just it's tougher to do than it is to knock out, uh, you know, a fringe incumbent player. Yeah, for you, the youth bias isn't like uh, an end unto itself. It's um, it's uh, interesting. I I I, I always I always believed it was otherwise for you. <laughs> he just he just really hates to see people succeed for a long time. Like get your success and then then get them out of there. So do any of the snubs here? Or the or the people who are alternates and may not end up on the roster, are you upset about any of them, or do you think any of them was a wrong choice from Vlatko? It's uh, like it's again, it gets silly to say wrong choice because every player on here already has a World Cup or two to their names. Uh, but I my personal preference is I, I wish Midge Purse would have been included. Uh, she's not even an alternate, so that means she's at like at best sort of twenty third. Uh, there's four alternates, Jane Campbell, a goalkeeper, uh, Casey Kruger, outside back, Katarina Macario and Lynn Williams as a forward. Um, so purse wasn't even a, an alternate, but she's a, a outstanding wide attacking player and she can play fullback. So she has that versatile, uh, element to her for an 18, squ- 18 player squad. We are old, you know, we have all these championships, but we're also a very old 18 player side, um, which, you know, hopefully the legs hold up. We're old. We have a couple of players who haven't played in a while. Uh, Julie Ertz is another one who's coming off of like a long-term injury, hasn't played in a while, hasn't gotten back to playing soccer games, still included. Um, she's super important. It's really hard to replace her as our as our number six, uh, but it's still a risk. So we have, we're already down to 18. Two of them are injured. Um, so that's where it gets into like, could we have brought Purse instead of an injured Tobin Heath? What's the better decision? It's super gray and... Again, you're talking about the best players in the world at every position. Yeah. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember, you know, uh, Rapino scored those really important penalties in the in the 2019 World Cup. But I thought she was not that effective attacking from wide. And actually, even though I love Tobin Heath, she kind of struggled to make an impact in some of those big games too. So where's the... I mean, is that a concern at all? So it's not for me. Uh, I, I tend to agree with you with it in there. They weren't super uh, effective or they didn't look as good as they should have. But I honestly think they were sort of tax tactics out of it. I felt like we didn't put them in great positions to succeed uh, as well as they could have. I mean, they, they won the World Cup without they losing a win, game. So actually, yes, so <laughs> there's certainly an element of success there. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't think that their particular like uh, abilities were showcased as well as they could have. But again, we're we're splitting such hairs here. Uh, but it was it was uh, very much just like a slog, I thought, in 2019, mm-hmm. uh, a slog where we are so much better than everyone else. that it's just like, OK, well, we we're going to end up winning this game one zero two one, whatever. Uh, and eventually Megan Rapino will do something eventually like you just, you know, even if she isn't put in great positions against uh disorganized defenses she they're still good enough that they're going to make something happen over 90 minutes and that's what we saw happen that played out in almost every knockout game okay is it a good idea to bring a 38 year old carly lloyd <laughs> i i don't know <laughs> that's we I, I think the the argument there is we don't have a second sort of center forward, like an absolute goal scoring center forward after Alex Morgan, that Kristen press, isn't that player, even though she could, you know, potentially deputize there in a pinch. Uh, 
Lynn Williams isn't that player. She's more of like be out wide, uh, press like crazy and, you know, just be a general threat. Uh, so I don't know. I, 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 I'm not going to say Carly Lloyd isn't going to score a bunch of goals and help us win a gold medal though. Okay. Anything else? Anything else on the women's roster? Um, do we, should, do we want to name the world cup vets who were left off? They went from 23 down to essentially 17 returners. So Ashlyn Harris, goalkeeper, Allie Krieger, uh, Morgan Bryan, Allie Long, Mallory Pugh and Jess McDonald, all on the world cup in 2019, not in this group. Um, just to, again, showcase how difficult it is to take the best team in the world and cut it down to 18 players. Yeah. Brutal. Pew Pew's still really young too, isn't she? She's like under 25. Yeah, that's probably right. She's probably like 23, which, which by women's national team standards makes her a baby. You know? Yes. I, I think I saw that only one of the players on this 18 player roster is under 26. Whereas, so, so again, just complete other side of the spectrum from what the men's team is, where our average age in the Mexico final is 23. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see the changing of the guard after this Olympics, you know? I mean, maybe there, maybe there won't be that much of a changing of the guard. It's, it's hard to know because again, uh, there's no one who you, who you're like, this player will definitely fall off now just because they're so good. Certainly some of them will. But you just can't bet against any of these other non-Carly Lloyd elders just becoming the next Carly Lloyd who plays until they're they're 38. So I don't know. It's it's going to be a fun summer of soccer to watch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you.